they took me to Disney when I was about three and my mom was holding me or my dad was holding me. And there, this is the story they tell. There was a woman and she had these purple sparkly sequined high heel shoes on. And I looked over and I said, pretty shoes. And after that, my parents took me to the pediatrician to ask if I was gay. And the pediatrician said, I don't think so. I think he just has his older sister that he looks up to and sort of emulates. Hello and welcome to another episode of I'm Coming Out, the podcast where people tell me, Johnny Harvey, their coming out stories. And this week's guest is American actor Brock Yorich. I've been following Brock's career and his drool-worthy shirtless selfies on social media for some time now. A native of Ohio, he completed a degree in musical theatre in Orlando, Florida, before making his way to the bright lights of the Big Apple to become a professional actor. He has since appeared in episodes of Succession, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and is currently starring in Tyler Perry's The Haves and The Have Nots, on the Oprah Winfrey Network. But his talents are not limited to acting alone. He is also an experienced filmmaker. He has even made his own short movies, T County and 49, which was a tribute to the Pulse nightclub tragedy. He is currently in the midst of pre-production for his first feature film, Test, which he has written the screenplay for. He is also producing the movie and will take the lead role in it. We did the podcast remotely, of course, and we chatted about lots of things. We talked about why his parents thought he might be gay from a young age, his rough time in middle school, his early realisation that he was gay and his struggle to accept it, hanging out and working at Pulse Nightclub whilst he was at college in Florida, our shared porn crushes, what it's like to be an openly gay actor in New York, his honest thoughts on straight actors playing gay roles, and lots of other things. And I do a whole lot of gay gasping, as per usual now, throughout the episode. Sound isn't perfect on this one. Brock recorded in a cafe, and there's some distortion on his mic, but I've done some tidying up on it, and I think it sounds pretty good now. You can contact me by emailing me at johnny and I'm coming out pod.com and follow me on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at I'm coming out pod. If you enjoy this episode, please leave a rating, review and subscribe as it really helps me and other people to discover the podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening and here it is. Hello, Brock. Welcome to my podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. How are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm just uh, sat at home. I'm doing some research on you today, waiting for my washing machine to be delivered. So all very, very exciting. How about you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in a coffee shop, so I apologize if there's a little bit of background noise, but there's a lot of people at my house, and uh, so I had to kind of get out. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry. So where, do you mind me asking, where in New York do you live? Well, actually, I just left New York. So I, uh, yeah, I just moved out. August 31st was the last day on my lease. So I was living in Hell's Kitchen. I was on 46th and 10th. 
And so my lease was up and I, I spent the majority of the year in Ohio here in, uh, at my parents' house because the city kind of shut down in March. And so I left and I've been in Ohio and uh, just been kind of living here. Have you moved back to your old hometown that you grew up in? I did. And what I wanted to ask you what about was a lot of gay men have quite strained relationships with their hometown. So did you ever feel that way about where you grew up as a gay kid? Or are you pretty OK with the place where you had your childhood and your development years? Yeah, that's a good question. I I, I think when I was younger, when I was in my early 20s, because I, I came out when I was 19. And so I think... 19, 20, 21, 22, that was when I was going through a really, really rough time mentally and emotionally. And that's sort of the time period that the, my, my movie is based on. That that really low period of my life, that's what I wrote the movie about. But since since growing up and getting getting older, maturing, and you know, things change, feelings change, I've really fallen i've fallen in love with my home i love where i'm from i love northeast ohio and i love the people here i to hear yeah i just love it here and i i filmed my first i wrote my first short film to be set here in t county and so i live in tuscarawas county and i wrote it i it's called t county and so i just love the landscape here i love the way that it, it it feels here i love the juxtaposition of the the agriculture and the woods and the the outdoors like how how there's so much nature here but there's also this sort of industrial steel feeling because you know it used to be in a, like northeast ohio was the industrial steel capital like it was okay. there was a lot of factories here but they're all kind of closed down and so there's all these rundown factories but i just think they're beautiful and i love driving by them and seeing them and there's just something really really beautiful about the landscape here so that's where my short film was set and this is where my feature film is set in northeast ohio yeah it's funny as you get a bit older you start to gravitate back to your roots a little bit more your feelings change towards the your hometown or your where the place where you grew up so can you tell me a little bit more about your background and your childhood sure i was born in Ohio in, du- in Dublin, Ohio. You're in Dublin. <laughs> I was born oh, in Dublin. Dublin, uh, no but, way. But I was born in Dublin, Is Ohio, really? not Dublin, Ireland. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that, I really would actually want to do. Um, I really would like to go into more of the history of all the place names. It's, it is really fascinating. I, I'm not that big of a history nerd, but just we've got so many of the same place names between Ireland, Britain and America. But um, sorry, totally. carry on. You were telling your, your story. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's Yeah, you think about how many like there are these cities are named really interesting names. Though. I was like, yeah, I do kind of wonder where those were from. But yeah, so I was born in Dublin, and then we moved to two hours east to Dover, and that's where I spent the majority of my childhood. And I, I, um, I just went to normal school, and I, I had an older sister and younger brother, and uh, we moved out to the country. So I lived in the country. I was kind of isolated as a kid, and I, I played video games, and I, but I also played out in the woods with my friends. We pretended we were ninjas. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to be a ninja really bad. And so I knew that if you have to be an, if you want to be a ninja, well, you have to, you have to be 
a, a, you have to flip, you have to be a tumbler. So my mom got me into gymnastics and I was eight years old. So I, all I wanted to do was tumble and flip. Okay. So I got into gymnastics and of course I was the only boy. So I was just surrounded by girls, but I did like a lot of, you know, tumbling and I love that. And then I got into Taekwondo cause I wanted to get into martial arts as a kid. And then I got into sports. I, I got in, I ran track in eighth grade. I wrestled in ninth grade. Uh, and then my dad moved us to Florida when I was 15. He had a yeah. medical emergency. He had a medical emergency, uh, a really serious medical condition that happened when I was 14. And it really, it was like near fatal, but he survived. And um, after that, he was, he just sort of had an epiphany and he said, I'm sick of Ohio. I want to go live in Florida. So he picked us up and moved us to Florida and that was really hard, but you know, kids adjust. And so I got a job at Gold's Gym. But going back to when you were a kid, so what was your awareness of homosexuality when you were growing up? So you were quite an outdoorsy, active, outgoing kid. So did you ever hear people in school talking about it or was there any awareness of it from popular culture or the media? You know, I, that's a really good question. I don't think, I, I don't think I was exposed to a lot of gay stuff, but except for the bodybuilding, uh, you know, as a young okay. kid, as, as a young kid, I, my dad had these muscle magazines and I used, I mean, those were like my playboys. Yeah. I would yeah. them and stare at them. And, and then, you know, this is also the age of the internet where I went through, I was going through puberty I always knew I was gay, even as a kid, like even as a five-year-old, six-year-old kid, I always looked up to older boys differently and I knew something was up. But did you know you were different or did you know definitely that you were gay? Were you even aware what gay was then? I think I, I, I think I did. That's a really good question. I don't really know. I, I know that I, I mean, I was very girly. I was always following. Really? Oh yeah, I was I was following my sister around. I have pictures of me wearing tutus. I would run around the house and the yards in a tutu, <laughs> and I was playing with girls' toys. I always wanted the girls' toy when we went to McDonald's, and there was some there were some boyish aspects to me. Like I liked I liked superheroes. I liked Batman and, and Ninja Turtles, but I really liked My Little Pony and Barbies. Mm. Uh, and I loved dressing up because my, my older sister had dress up toys and dress up just a costume. So I was always playing with girl mm. stuff. My parents actually took me to the doctor when I was a kid, when I was two or three, because they took me to Disney when I was about three. And I, my mom was holding me or my dad was holding me. And there, this is the story they tell. There was a woman and she had these purple sparkly sequined high heel shoes on. And I looked over and I said, pretty shoes. And after that, my parents took me to the pediatrician to ask if I was gay. And the pediatrician said, I don't think so. I think he just has his older sister that he looks up to and sort of emulates. And really? he was very wrong. <laughs> he probably didn't know what else to say to your yeah. parents. Yeah. So your parents did have an inkling quite early on that you might be gay. Yeah. And I, I think they this is what I've like parents back then. They didn't know what to do with that. It's not like today. Mm. It's so yeah. in, in 20, 25 years, it is so different. And um, not to say that every parent knows what they're doing today. Cause there's, that's still a very serious issue, but I think it is, it is a very different time. 
And I think that that generation really still feared it and still was, Mm. there were still jokes about that being not ideal. Nobody, no parent, I mean, very few parents wanted or were be would be cool with a gay kid, mm. and so yeah, I think they always suspected. But uh... it's inc- incredible the amount of gay men who have those similar kind of stories from their childhood, like wearing women's shoes or gravitating more towards the girls' toys. It's pretty much every single guy I've spoken to has a similar story. Yeah. To and I'm very, I'm surprised when a when a gay guy doesn't have a story like that. We're like, no, I never did that. I'm like, what's that's weird, <laughs> you know? Like I all did, but yeah, like you're, you're you're right. Like a lot of a lot of gay guys, and I I love RuPaul's Drag Race, so I'm a huge super fan of Drag Race, and I I listen to a lot okay. of the, the drag queens interviews, and they all talk about doing that stuff too. So I just I think of like Trixie Mattel, how she always talks about being a super girly little boy, and I said, yeah, that was me too. Yeah, because I had some of those similar stories. I think my cousin dressed me up in a tutu once as a joke and my mom went absolutely crazy. But how did people respond to you? Was that behavior accepted or was it shamed by the people around you? Or did people recognize it or put a name on it? Well, they did, obviously, with that story where you told me your parents in Disneyland. But was there anyone else who would make an issue of it? I think I wasn't. I, I don't remember. Maybe maybe it's my little brain that's that's blocking out these memories. But there were a few incidents when I was bullied for being gay. But, but it's it's sort of like if I was let's say I was heterosexual and you got called gay as a kid, it wouldn't hit you the same as it would hit an actual gay kid. So I think you know I have to think that. I, Yes, I was teased for being gay, but I also have to, I can't assume everything. I, I don't know what those kids were going through. They called those little kids that I grew up with, they called everybody gay. That was the, that was, that was the way to, to tease anybody. So, I mean, I, I could say that, yes, I was teased for being gay, but also I, I think in a, in a, if I take myself out of the situation, I think everyone got called gay. Everyone got called girly and everyone got teased for being possibly gay the only difference is that i actually was so that that's what makes it hit harder for me i can't speak for everybody but i can't but i can say that yes when i when i did get teased for being gay it 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 was something that did affect me and it made me really really question myself and really edit my behavior and um because i knew that deep down they were true they were that they were as mean as they were they were telling the truth do you guys in America, because in Ireland and in Britain as well, they use gay as a pejorative as a anything they don't like, they say that's really gay, like that movie's really gay or that song's really gay, as in to mean it's really lame or defective or bad. Did the kids in the States, did you ever hear that growing up? Totally. Absolutely. It was, you know, don't okay, be... Okay, so it's over there as well. Yeah. What a fag. And that's so gay. Totally. And I think they still do it. I don't know if that's if it's as prevalent and I, th- I, I, but I don't, I've not been around 10 year old boys at any time. <laughs> I, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if they still say that stuff. They pro- I'm assuming that they probably do. Mm. I, but like being a 30 year old man, I don't, I, I don't hear that at, at, as much, but I mean, if I were, if I were 10 years old today in school, I think I might be like, Oh yeah, they definitely still say it. 
so I don't yeah. I, I don't know if they still do say it, but I think older older adults know better. They don't really I, you hear it every once in a while, but uh, I don't think it's as prevalent as it was back in year 2000 as a 10 year old. So did you experience much bullying when you were in middle school and high school? Yes, I think middle school was pretty rough. I got bullied, I think, the most in middle school. And I just couldn't connect the dots as to how to make friends and how to own who I was. And I was just I was just weird and I just couldn't figure it out. And so... I remember doing a musical in the eighth grade musical and I did a backflip in my musical number because I was a gymnast. And so, so my okay. homeroom teacher, Mr. Riker, the next day saw, had seen the musical and he said, Yurich, uh, I didn't know you was athletic like that. And I was like, yeah. And he says, you need to join the track team. Cause he was the track coach. So I said, okay. And he says, you need to do pole vault. And I said, okay. And so I just started going to track practice and started doing pole vault. And I was pole vaulting with um, some of the guys that I knew from middle school, these, you know, a couple guys, a little group of friends. And so I became one of the guys and they started inviting me to hang out and they started inviting me to, you know, kind of become one of their group. And I f was like, oh, team sports is how you make friends. And that had something that was something that I was so terrified of ever doing as a little kid because I was this femi scared little boy and I was terrified of throwing a ball and being called gay because I couldn't throw a ball right. So it, it, kind of, it improved once you got into athletics. Yeah. And then ninth grade, I wrestled because of a cute boy who told me that I should join the wrestling team. And I said, OK, <laughs> so I wrestled and. <laughs> and uh and that was fun i met like i became friends with the guys on the wrestling team and so yeah my my eighth grade and ninth grade year were better because of sports that was it that was it like just it's as simple as that and so my 10th grade year that's when my dad moved us to florida and so that was that was my chance to start over and i said okay you know my my whole school career had been really rough up until these past couple of years so i can kind of reinvent myself and I didn't reinvent myself, but I just, I got a, I got a clean slate and I was able to start over and leave all that baggage and all those weird memories behind me. And so Florida was a way I, I, I got involved in, so I was great. I joined the swim team and became friends with all the swim people, swim guys and swim girls. And that was a lot of fun. And, and then I got involved in drama. And so I was doing drama. And so high school was a lot of fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. I felt like I had a great group of friends and I was still very closeted and I was working at a gym after school. So was it a real traditional American high school? In, in, in the sense of Florida, <laughs> there's nothing traditional or uh, about Florida. <laughs> Florida is a very, I don't know if you've ever been to Florida, but it is a I haven't. No. It's, what, did, what did you say? No. No, I haven't been. No. Does it all feel very, very oh, new? It, it is and very commercial. Yes. Yeah. Florida feels like a big, like a big experiment. <laughs> it's like in the in the okay. like. I listen. I love Miami. I love Orlando. But where I lived, um, it was just kind of. It just was strange. I don't know. There's a, there's a strange uh, energy in Florida. 
Like people are always on vacation. Is there a huge retirement community in Florida? Do I keep hearing that or? Yeah, a lot of old people end up in Florida. So at this point, you had some inkling that you were gay or were you certain that you were gay? Oh, I was... Were you going through a questioning period at this point? Yeah, I was terrified of the truth. And I knew deep down in my gut what the truth was, but I just didn't ever, I was just praying every day to wake up straight. And I was praying every day that these feelings would go away and they just wouldn't. And I just, I, I felt myself, you know, being pushed. It's like, it's like you're standing close to a cliff and there's somebody behind you, like a, like a, there's like a bulldozer behind you. And it's pushing you closer and closer and closer to that cliff and you can fight and you can, you know, you can resist as much as you want, but that bulldozer is not going to stop. And you are getting closer and closer to the edge of that cliff and you know, it's coming and you know, you're going to get pushed off at some point and you feel like you're going to die and it's terrifying. So that's what I was just trying to fight as much as I could. And I had a couple girlfriends and I, mm. you know, dated girls and pretended to be straight and all that stuff. And so I didn't get to do anything. I, I never, I never touched a guy in high school, so, but I was definitely looking at, I mean, there's lots of, there's lots of stuff on the internet that I was watching and my parents found it. And I just denied. Oh. oh, yeah. Was that they? You forgot to clean your history. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they found that stuff <laughs> a couple times, and so yeah. I just denied it. And I we didn't really talk. Yeah, it was okay. like a very strange, unspoken thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, just kind of swept it under the rug. And anytime the the topic of of internet porn came up in family settings or and any sort of topic like. I just started sweating because my parents and I both like knew what I had been looking at, but didn't talk about it. Mm. So that was, that was uncomfortable. Oh, sorry. You have to like constantly censor yourself as a gay kid and a gay person until you do come out of the closet. Don't you? You have to watch what you're saying and what you're doing. And you have to really be cognizant of the, your different behaviors and will this be interpreted as straight behavior or gay behavior? Oh, 100%. Takes up a lot of energy. Totally. One, you just hit it on the head. 100%. Everything you say and do, you edit and you think about and you have to take yourself out of the situation and be like, you know, like I would put on a shirt or try a new style and I would always ask, does this look gay? Does this look gay? Does this necklace look gay? And I just remember people saying, Brock, no, it doesn't look gay. What are you talking about? Just relax. And I was paranoid about that. And I'm just, there's no other, I mean, if, 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 I, if I saw somebody acting like that, I would know immediately, oh, you're gay. <laughs> you know, no one is that paranoid about being gay, except unless it's, unless it's a gay person. I think the, the gentleman does protest too much. Yeah. It's exactly. Like kind of really fixated on it. But you were really tortured about your sexuality. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it sucked. And I, I it wasn't until I was a, a freshman in college when I really got to explore that. So that's when I, I was in Orlando and I was um, in the theater department. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing theater this whole time and I'm going to college for theater. <laughs> and I'm still closeted. Like, come on, dude. Like, no. And that, but it was nice because I was it was the first time that I was around other gay guys my age who were out. 
I couldn't believe it. And and I was like, oh my God, they're like gay. Like they're they're cool with saying that they're gay and like no one gives a shit. So that was fun. But I was still I was still so concerned about what other people thought about me. And I thought in my mind that people would be disappointed if I was gay. I thought in my mind that I would let people down. And mm. that was that was a big problem. But in I what way let people down? I guess girls like girls would be disappointed that I was gay, that they couldn't date me, which was so narcissistic. But, you know, mm. you just think like and your parents would be disappointed because they want you to have a wife and a kid. And, you know, there's something there's something more res- just there's it, it's just more what a parent wants and it's what people want Mm. being gay having a gay person around people makes everything uncomfortable and i didn't want to make people uncomfortable so that's just what i would had in my head so that was some of the struggle that you were going through at the time so i just wanted to ask you about my favorite question a bit of a lighter question who were your secret teen gay crushes? So I'm really determined to make up for all of the lost time during those years when I couldn't speak about who I fancied. So when you were a closeted teen, who did you really fancy? Oh, God, that is a tough question. I I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic I, was everything to me. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, man, that is a good question. Teen crushes. I, most of mine were American. Sorry, I'm talking. Um, like who? It's all about me. Like who? So I'm a little bit older than you, but maybe you'll remember like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh my God, he was so yeah, cute. And Andrew Keegan. And then I think my big first big crush was like Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. Okay, yeah, I could see, I could see that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I, Backstreet Boys. Who did I think was? I thought Brian was cute from the Backstreet Boys. Okay, and. I was also more into like I liked bodybuilders. Okay, more fitness. How did you go about the coming out process then, bro? Oh, uh, well, I mean that's quite a story. I so I'm in Orlando. I'm studying theater. I'm mm. a freshman, and I need money obviously because I'm a poor college kid. And we go. I remember one one night, uh, one of the guys in the department was having his birthday celebration at Pulse nightclub in Orlando. Mm. You know, you know, Paul's yes. club. So uh, that's where we all went all the time. And so that was my first time at a gay club. And I was there. No, no, I'm only here because I'm at my friend's party. Like, I don't, I'm not actually gay. There was no, you know, there, there would be no reason for me to be there unless I was, you know, either gay or just celebrating with friends. So I had my excuse, but I was there and they had go-go dancers on the bar. And I remember that one of my friends was a go-go dancer. He was, his name was Adam and he was a dancer at the bar and he was in theater. And so I, I, I just, I spoke to him and I said, Hey man, do they let straight guys dance at the bar? And he says, yeah, do they hire anybody? (laughs) So I got a job go-go dancing at Pulse. And so I spent the first year of college working at the bar and I was trying to keep it quiet, but eventually people found out and they didn't really care. And I was still, I was, yeah, I'm straight, but it's just good money, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was, it was my way of being at the gay bar and meeting gay guys, but still having that straight excuse. So mm-hmm. that, that was a way for me to be there, but not just walk in. And all of a sudden it's like, what are you doing here? You're just hanging out you're clearly gay. And it's like, no, I'm making money. I'm working. It's I'm straight, but I'm, you know, whatever. So it was a fun time. And it was really, it was really fun, but I would meet guys and, I, we, we would, you know, I, 
I would hang out with them after okay, yeah. like, like I was meeting guys at the club, but I'm still straight, but I'm just keeping it very, very down low. And so I was okay. terrified of anybody finding out that I was having sexual experiences, you know. I'm having I'm I'm random like like here and there I would yes I mean like me and a guy that I met at the bar wouldn't have sex so there was also I don't know if I should say this but I think there was a person working at the bar that was I'm not gonna I don't want to get specific but there was there was somebody at the bar that was working there the oh, there was just one person there that made me uncomfortable and that this person would kind of always hit on me and try to take me out on dates and I was not into this person at all. And so the only way that I could keep away from this person was to claim that I was straight. And so once that person left the bar, I was, it was like just, it was in May, I think May of 2008. And I had been working at the bar for eight or nine months. That person left, they went to go get another job somewhere. And I finally felt relief. I was like, oh my gosh, this person's gone. I can kind of be myself now. And then a month later, a boy walks in and I hang out with him all night and we spend all weekend together. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I have like emotional feeling, not just sexual feelings, but emotional feelings for this boy. Mm. And so I eventually told my, I told my mom that I was bisexual and she cried, but she said, you know, I always said that if you told me that I wouldn't be surprised, but it's just weird to hear it. I said, I know it's weird to say it. And so I called him up and I said that, uh, I just told my mom that I was, bisexual because everyone goes through that bisexual phase of course and uh and so i told him that i i wanted to date him and he said wow okay yeah this that that'd be great so i eventually started coming out to i, I kind of blew through that closet door with all my friends in the theater department and i was able to call like i i i realized that once this person from the bar left i was able to be myself at work and i could now be gay at work mm. and i didn't have to pretend to be straight to keep this person away from me and, and I also, here's the thing is like, I didn't want people hearing it through the grapevine. I didn't want people hearing it and talking about it and spreading rumors and gossip about me. I wanted people to hear it from me. So at the time I was playing Bobby strong in the musical urine town. And, uh, so I was like the lead of a show. I was, it was summer stocks. So it was summertime. And it was, everyone was like just in a good mood. We were doing a really fun musical. I was the lead of the musical. So I thought, I felt like I was on top of the world and I felt like coming out, this is the best time to come out when I'm in a really good position and really good mental space to come out. And I, you know, I'm, I'm doing well with my, like my, I don't, I don't have enemies. I'm not, you know, like I, I, I had all these friends and, and I just knew at that point, something in me changed something in me clicked and i thought you know no one cares and i told people and they said okay you know i, I was I, I came out to people and i thought i was going to be this big dramatic thing and everyone just said cool that's great bro good for you <laughs> you know like it was just oh you guys don't really care it's, and, and it's such a you you it's such a it's it's i don't want to say it's narcissistic or it's whatever it's like a it's very self-centered to think that everyone is concerned about you everyone no, wants you no. to be straight but but that's what but you 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 know we are naturally self-centered and egotistical and egocentric and so was that coming out to your friends or was that all your family was that everybody well like mostly to my friends and i i came out yeah. to, i came out to my family and that was rough specifically with my mom and my dad 
my, my brother and sister were totally cool about it. And everyone in my family was cool about it. And, um, but yeah, my parents had a rough time with it because, because they're your parents. And I realized now after, I mean, it's been 12 years since I've come out to them, but I, it took a while to understand that they are from a different time and they are, it's like, there's a phrase, I think it's cognitive dissonance when you are, when you're faced with a truth that is so hard to accept that you just brush it off and you just, that's, that's ridiculous. That's so ridiculous that there's no way it could be true. And that's really what my parents, I think, faced is, you know, my parents are, are Christians. My family is a, is a Christian family. And I forced them to question their beliefs. And that's a really hard thing to deal with. And so I needed them to accept me, but I needed to understand where they were coming from. And there was a lot of fights and there was a lot of issues that came up and a lot of not speaking and stuff like that. But over the year, my, my dad wrote me this letter and it was the sweetest letter I've ever read. And he, you know, it, it took him some time to, to deal with it because no parent wants their, ch- wants that difficult life mm. for their child. And I, I know that it's, this is not the case, mm. but I think parents feel like they failed when their child is gay. Mm. And so it's, it's, and also, I don't, I don't know if you know the four agreements, if you've read that book, the four agreements. Yeah. I read it like 15 years. Oh, geez. I sound so old. Yeah. I read it in university. I read, yeah. It's, yeah. It's don't no, take anything personally. Nothing is don't personal. Don't make assumptions. Yeah, yep, exactly. Don't make assumptions and don't take, and you can't take anything personal. Nothing is ever personal. So mm. it has nothing to do with me. That's your own shit. That's that, you know, I, I know who I am. I know I'm awesome. I know that I'm a, a strong, cool, gay man. And mm. if someone has an issue with it, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. So it's back to them. Totally. Yeah. So, you know, after some time, it, they eventually learned to accept it and they got over it. And I, you know, we're, we're totally cool. They fully accept me. Like they've, I've had my boyfriends right. over at the house. They've, my family has met my boyfriends. Every, no one bats an eye, you know, everyone is super cool. And, uh, and I, I remember telling my aunt, I love my aunt. Uh, she's like, she's hilarious. And I, I came out to her and I was at my sister's wedding and I sat with her and I said, Hey, I just have something, I got something to tell you. And she goes, honey, I know. Cause I told my cousins too. And she said, I know. And I said, okay, cool. She says, my only fear is that we can't have fun with this. And I said, I would be sad if you didn't. So, you know, we tease, you know, my whole family, we all, everyone, every family teases each other and you know, have, yeah. so we, you know, we all like, she just, she just wanted, she just wanted me to not be sensitive about it. And I was like, uh, I absolutely, it's okay. No, that's good to hear. So it was just your parents needed some time to process it and to digest it all. Yeah. Yeah. And like with a lot of parents, they do make it personal when it is, it isn't personal. It's just a nature thing. It's not down to nurture whether your kid is gay or not. And they don't get that. They don't understand that. They think, yes, exactly. It's exactly. It's, it's, it works both ways. It's like your, your disapproval of me is not personal to me. And my being gay is not personal to you. But so it all worked out well in the oh, end. Totally. I, I, I've, I mean, I've been living with my parents since March. Like my parents are the coolest. They are so, they are such good people. They have the biggest hearts. My dad is 
awesome. He's a, he's still bodybuilding. I take him to the gym and we still work out together. And my mom is the sweetest woman on earth and we have fun. And yeah, I, I love my parents. I would do anything for them. Oh, that's really good to hear. It's just as you get older, you start to understand your parents more. And, and in turn, they probably understand you better as well. And so after Orlando, so when did you move to New York then? I moved to New York right after I graduated. And that was the end of 2011. So I, I moved to New York, New Year's of 2012, like January like okay. I, I like December 31st, I drove to Astoria, threw all my stuff into, uh, do you know Astoria? Sorry. Yeah. I lived there for how long did I live in Astoria for? Six weeks. Where? You got off at the, at the train and then you walked up the Broadway for quite some distance and then you turned left. Yeah. I, it was like 2005. So I was on my J1 visa and I lived with an opera singer I found on Craigslist and she was lovely. She was so nice. Oh my gosh. And yeah, I don't really re- remember that much about it now. So yeah, I was only in New York for four months and I've never been back, been back since, but I'd love to go. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's where I started was Astoria. I can't remember anything about it, really. There was like a supermarket near the train station and there was like a Ben and Jerry's and it was one of those trains. You didn't go underground to the train station. You walked up steps. It was like overhead yep. train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Broadway. The, the, the Right. I think it's the NQRW train now. Yeah, I was in Astoria and I, I got to New York and just started my life there. I was 22 and... I didn't really know. I knew my, I had friends because, because all through college, like being out in college, you know, you go to circuit parties and you go, I go to Miami and then, you know, everybody from New York goes to Miami. So I met some, I met a lot of people from LA and New York, a lot of older gay guys. And I made a lot of friends. So when I moved to New York, I had a nice network of people that I already knew. They were party people so and i knew i didn't want to get caught up in that but i uh i did start off as i was i was go-go dancing in new york and then i started Hmm. bartending because i didn't want to go-go dance anymore so i started bartending but i had no direction i didn't really know how to audition or where to go or what to do but uh at my bar i met one of the professors at stella adler and he said i'm a professor do you know stella adler I've heard of like the drama school. She's a famous teacher, mm-hmm. acting teacher. Yeah. So so yeah. I was there and I was bartending and this guy came in and he said, you know, I, I, we started chatting and he said, I'm a, I'm a professor of Stella Adler. And I was like, oh, that's great. I studied musical theater in college. And he says, re, you know, he started quizzing me a little bit and I knew all my playwrights and I knew all my stuff. And he says, oh, so you really did study. And I was like, yes, yes. Uh, I'm not just some kid who wants to get into acting. I, I know my stuff. And so he helped me get the scholarship for the summer. Yeah, it must be really tough breaking in because the competition must be so intense in New York. There must be a whole lot of actors there. So what is it like navigating the acting world as an openly gay man? So were you ever at any point encouraged to hide your sexuality? Mm, That is a good question. I don't think it ever really came up, but... um... I mean, it's not something that I, it, 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 when I first started out, it wasn't something that I divulged, but over time I realized that it was something that it, it's not going to hurt me. It might actually help me. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, but like gay men in the, in the industry almost feel some sort of camaraderie. So having a gay age, all, you know, my agents are, are gay, gay men. 
And so we all kind of connected that way. And so I think there's really no point in hiding it. There's, you know, if you're going to, acting is all about putting it all out there and being truthful and being honest. And so if you can't do that, you're just not, you're not going to be a great actor and you can try, you, you can, maybe you can, you can be a great actor, but, but you could be even better if you, if you have that weight and you, you're keeping, you're, you're putting all that energy into keeping a secret, you, it takes away from the work. So, you know, I, I know that some people like, I think Matt Damon one time said he made some sort of comment about wanting, he, they asked him about actors being out and he said, you know, it takes away from the mystery of the actor or whatever. And I just think that's total bullshit because so, so you're saying that me showing up to a red carpet with my boyfriend takes away from the mystery of me as an actor, but you can show up to a red carpet event with your wife. Doesn't that take away from the mystery of who you are as an actor? Because now we know who you're married to. That's the the only mystery is now you know who I'm with. It's just with. a straight privilege talking, isn't it? I mean, it's very easy for him One, to say that. Exactly. I won't mention any names, but people who I know who work in the movie industry in, in the States and London keep mentioning certain high-profile actors' names to me. So it must be still a bit of an issue in Hollywood because apparently there's certain people, certain men still in the closet. Oh, yeah. And I, I have my own, I have a lot of opinions on straight actors taking gay roles. And I think, you know, there was a, there was a really great actor that said something. He said, he said, I don't have a problem with, and this is a gay actor. And he said, I don't have a problem with, with straight people playing gay as long as they do it well. Hmm. And I said, okay, I see that. But it seems to me that there is a trend. It's like, it is trendy and popular to play gay. And for straight people to play gay. And I think, you know, a lot of people, when I, when I make this argument, they say, well, it's the best person for the role. And I go, you clearly have no idea how Hollywood works. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the best person for the role. It's whoever's available and whoever makes the most money. Right. It's and a so it's who's a business. The most high profile and who's going to get loads of people into the cinema to watch, see it. Exactly. And I think straight people have a lot more opportunities than gay people. Sorry, so which straight actor do you think plays gay well? Okay, I would say um, Bill Hader in Skeleton Twins. Okay, I'm going to have to Google him. I, I watched it. It was Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader, and they play they play twins. They play uh, brother and a sister, and Bill Hader plays he, – he's gay. But he played it as a human and not with the stereotypes mm. and not with the with the – you know, affectations and he didn't put on a, he was a huge, it was, and you know what? I completely forgot that it was Bill Hader and I bought, I fully believed that he was this insecure gay man. It was so good. It was such a great performance. I don't spend a lot of time watching movies with like LGBT because I don't listen. I don't, I don't like straight people telling gay stories and making paychecks off of it. And I don't like, I like with, with movies with, you know, like a lot of diversity, like that's it's, let me, let me guess. It's a straight director, straight actor and a straight writer. And I'm like, you guys are making a paycheck off of gay stories. And I just, I'm, I'm really, I you know, listen, I'm like, you can do what you want. I'm sure people are going to love this and people are going to always going to argue for it. I would rather watch a movie with gay people involved in some capacity. And I, I think you know, it, it's just, it's really getting obnoxious. And I think, what did he say? Uh, Jonathan Yuri 
said this on a show. He said, you know, 60, I think, I think the number is around the sixties. I think there are 60 roles in the, in the history of the Academy Awards that have, that are LGBT roles that have been up for an award. And I think one of those roles was actually filled by an LGBT person. The other, all the other roles were played by straight people. So there's just when you put it like that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's exactly. And it's like, sure, you playing it well, but like, maybe let's, let's let some gay people and like, and I, I know there's a whole, the whole argument about, well, it's just acting. I'm like, yeah, it's not just acting. It's a business and it's people's careers and it's about getting opportunities to act. And I think that's a big issue with now with trans actors and trans actresses. And I think, you know, like Hmm. there are tons of trans actors out there that don't ever get an opportunity to shine because they're not famous and they want somebody famous for the role. So they go to a cis hetero actor to play this trans role. And I'm like, no, 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 you, you need to do your due diligence and do some research and find a trans person to play this role because they're not getting the opportunities. You know, like a a cis hetero person can play anybody. There is no shortage of cis hetero roles out there, but for trans role, I mean, how many trans roles are there really? There's not that many. So to to simply not fill that role with someone who is actually trans is just sort of like a slap in the face. Did you hear about the new rules for the Oscars? I did. I did. Yeah. So that's going to improve that some mm-hmm. somewhat in the representation. I think it'll movies going forward and TV shows will have to be more inclusive of people from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I don't obviously you're much more knowledgeable at acting than me, but I thought Darren Chris played gay pretty well. What do you think about that? <laughs> um no, am I way off? Like, did you see him in the Gianni Versace story? And no. uh, I thought he was good in Glee. No, I mean, I I just see him. I I I I don't know Darren Chris personally. I think he's. I'm sure he's a wonderful person. I mean, he even acknowledged it. He he said like, I'm not playing gay roles anymore, or some, something like that. And I'm like, yeah, okay. After you win your award, now you're not playing gay anymore. I'm like, how convenient. Yeah. But yeah, I just uh, I I just I I'm like I can't. I just can't celebrate somebody who makes all their money off of playing gay and then like turns around and walks the red carpet with, with uh, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or, or a girlfriend or wife or whatever. Like I'm just, I don't, I don't get excited. I I personally just don't get excited for it. But no, it must be very frustrating for yourself because that's, you know, the industry and that's the field you've worked in. And yeah, I can imagine what, why you do feel so passionate about it. So the movie that you're making, the feature film mm-hmm. Test, so it's mm-hmm. about a gay bodybuilder who lives in Ohio. So is it autobiographical at all? I would say this is kind of the way that I ex- explain it is a, it's like an alternate version of reality had I never left Ohio. That's sort of how I see it. It is loosely based on experiences that I've had and other bodybuilders have had. And it's, but it is, it's not like my memoir. It is sort of a, of a dramatic version of something that I might have gone through, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, And there are, there are themes in the movie that do reflect my, my time, uh, my life, that I have experience with, but it is, it, it's the story itself is a fictional story. And you also mentioned that the movie deals with a lot of issues in terms of body image issues that the gay community struggle with. So I, I think 
most people would agree that body image issues are really prevalent within the gay community. I think most of the gay guys that I know, probably myself included, display behavior and traits that would be akin to, I guess, body dysmorphia. And so I was just wondering, what's your take on that? Why do you think what would be your theory on maybe why do gay men struggle so much with body image? You know what? Like, I don't have an answer for that, but I will say that it's not just, I, I, it's, it's not that um, it's body image in the gay community. It's really male body image. And, and I think because when you look at bodybuilding, the sport of bodybuilding, it is very straight. There are tons of straight guys the bodybuilder, the majority of bodybuilders are heterosexual. And that's what is so fascinating to me is that gay men or straight men, some of these, like these dudes who obsess in their bodies, you know, it is just fascinating that it's not about your sexuality. It's simply about masculine standards. And, you know, I, I think I, I can't speak on what women face. I'm, I guarantee you, you know, I'm sure that their body image issues are way superior to to men's body image issues but i still but but i am a man and i know about the male experience and i know that i know what it's like for for men to have body image issues because i suffer from them too and i think what men do i mean yeah women women have some very dangerous things that they do to make their bodies look better but so do men you know men weightlift and do steroids and put their health at risk to look good and it is really fascinating to the, to see the lengths that these these guys will go, and so you know, test isn't so much about the gay community and their body image issues. It's about all men and w- why they feel so pressured to look a certain way and act a certain way. And I think you know the the movie is about Eddie's sort of realizing who he is and why he's doing what he's doing, but it is not. It's really not set in the gay world. He simply just happens to be struggling with his sexuality. And for me as a young gay bodybuilder, that was something like, like going, like I said, like going through puberty and having a bodybuilder for a dad, I was so confused because like, I'm looking at these magazines and I'm thinking, do I want to be like that? Or do I want to be with that? Like, do I see these guys? Okay. Because I, 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 I felt both. And I, and I've, I know that my friends have made the same jokes. They're like, I, I know that like like my gay friends see these bodybuilders and they're like i don't know if i want to look like that or like have sex with them and i was like both <laughs> you you want both and so we do we feel cuz i mean and straight people will never understand that because yeah. you know a, a straight guy will look at a playboy and think you know like she got big tits i want to you know i want to they don't think i want to i want to look like her mm. they want to they want to have sex with her they look at bodybuilders and they think i want to look like that guy yeah. but i want to have that woman so there's okay. just this added complication to all of it when you're a gay bodybuilder because it's just, you know, you 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 want to look like somebody that you would have sex with. Because you're attracted to people who have the same body type as you. It's different for straight people. Yeah. Sorry, that was a very broad question to ask you. No, not at all. Not a, no not no, I, I'm I I think it's a it's a great question, but I do yeah, but but yeah, I just I simply I can't, I don't have an answer. I simply observe and I, and I think about that's, that's what test is. Test is not a, I, I don't want it to be, I, I, we actually in the, in the movie, we actually never say the word gay. 
which is something that I wanted. Like okay. I didn't want that. I, I want this to be very, am, I want this to be very ambiguous and very like I want the the audience to take away from it what they will. And I think that's something very prevalent in today's world is like people aren't just gay or straight anymore. I think people are fully understand that that people are fluid. There's a lot of men. There's a lot of men that. Mm hook up with guys and hook up with girls and they don't really say I'm bi. They just say I'm whatever. I'm attracted to people. Yeah, I think we're all undergoing that sort of awakening now in the last few years where people are starting to see, perhaps maybe in more open countries, that sexuality is a spectrum. It's an entire mm-hmm. continuum. It isn't just gay, straight. That Lots of people are at different points within that. I actually heard Louis Theroux this morning said on his podcast that he did, he's married to a woman now and he identifies as straight, but he did have a crush on a guy when he was a teenager. And I think there's probably loads of guys who are in straight relationships now who could probably relate mm-hmm. to that. Oh yeah. and you're just But you just can't say it because then you'll be labeled as gay. But I think yeah, I, that's I, it. Yeah, people look. But I think as time goes on, it's just getting better, and we're we're having. It's like it's like having that the cool kids sit at the nerd table. It's like once one cool kid sits at the nerd table, then more cool kids will sit down at the nerd table, and then the the stigma will start to to fall apart. And the more guys, the more straight guys talk about their gay experiences or whatever, it'll give more courage to others to speak up about it, and then it'll become less of a thing. You know, now when I, I'm not scared to tell anybody I'm gay. I mean, for the most part, like I'm not, I, but, but I, but oh, that sounds so arrogant because I, I, if I were, if I were faced with real danger, but if I was in Russia, if I was in Chechnya, I'd be terrified, you know, because that's what I mean. Like they'll kill me, but I'm saying in America in general, like I, I don't have any issue meeting my parents' friends and telling them about my boyfriend, and I don't fear people's um, opinions. Now, I'm like, like in a in a physical danger scenario, that's absolutely absolutely different. But like in the gym, like when I'm meeting new guys at the gym, I have no problem talking about my boyfriend, and they go and and these guys, these guys, you know, they'll say, oh, oh, cool, I didn't I didn't know you were, you know, they don't, they're not like you know all of a sudden getting angry no i never really talk to guys in the gym because i'm always like worried that they will think that i'm chatting them up so i always like keep myself that's funny yeah i'm still i am too but i am too i'm so self-conscious of that i i'm i'm i never i never want guys to think that i'm trying to make them uncomfortable so yeah i always again like even as like we we are instilled with that editing we have that editing uh technique that we have that we do you know, like we don't look at each other. We don't look at guys too long. We don't talk to them too, too, too long. We try not to be too complimentary. I totally do that, you know. Brock, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been a pleasure. I'm so happy to talk with you, Johnny. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to seeing Test. And I'm going to keep my eyes open for you as well in other TV shows and in other projects. Thank you so much, Johnny.